Hi everyone, it is Phil Bailey and this is the London, Ontario Real Estate Podcast. We are at episode six, everyone, and it is now February 2021. The market in London has been quite interesting and uh, for today I was really just going to recap the market and what I'm seeing and and some of the uh, strategies we can use right now and also maybe some of the pitfalls to watch out for as we move into 2021. So just to recap what's happening with the market, there was a house this week in London that sold for $550,000 over asking price. Now, most people think that that is just such a crazy uh, amount of money over asking, which it certainly is. Uh, Obviously, the home was uh, priced uh, quite high. We were into the million dollar range for sure on that. But what is so crazy to me is that we're also seeing over asks of things like 150, 200,000 over asking on homes that are priced at 500,000 or even 450, 400,000. And it's very difficult as a buyer to understand what to do in the current market. Uh, I have people asking me all the time, is this a good time to buy? Should I just be waiting? Uh, what is the the plan here for the rest of 2021 with real estate? And I tell people that I do not have a crystal ball and that anyone that tells them that they do have a crystal ball, I would very much question. I think that to determine where a market is going over the over the long term, we should be looking at historical stats for the entire city of London, um, maybe even over the last 50 to 100 years. Obviously, if we go back that far and we look year over year, uh, real estate has proven to be a, a good investment for, for most folks. What I will say, though, is that real estate is a combination of two things, in my opinion, in the most simple form. One, it has to be to make a buying decision. It's going to always be a personal decision. So if I have a client that comes up to me and says, hey, Phil, I'm going to be moving uh, outside of London in the next year and a half. Should I buy a house right now and just hope that it goes up? I'm I'm usually going to say be very cautious about doing something like that, because if you know that you're going to have to sell, um, you know, if there's an option to maybe rent out the property, it's a bit of a different story. But if you know for sure that you're going to have to sell and that that you're going to be calling me, hopefully, in a year from now or a year and a half from now and ask me to list the same house, you have to be very cautious about about doing that. I usually like to tell clients that they'll probably want to aim for around a five-year plan for, for the home at least if they can. Life happens. Sometimes the market goes up and then it doesn't really make a, make a huge difference to people because they're actually making money. Uh, but if you definitely have to be moving out of town in a year, year and a half. I, I actually don't think that you, usually uh, you should be looking at buying unless you're looking at it for a future investment purpose or you have the option of renting it out. The other side of the coin, of course, is that that investment mentality of, of real estate, which we hear all of the time. And again, I think it's a combination of a personal and investment side. So when you look at it from an investment perspective, uh, real estate is a highly leveraged thing that you're doing. So you're you're buying a an asset that you're in a lot of times you're putting 5 to 10% down and a lot of the times in the current market maybe up to 20 maybe 30 I do have clients of course that put down a heck of a lot more than that but 
if you look at probably the average, uh, the average folks in the market right now are you know putting five, ten percent down. So that means that they're the bank or the the lender is giving is is allowing you to live in the home when you're only putting five percent down. They're actually owning ninety five percent of that of that home, or or um, or less depending on what you put down. So I think that the the challenge. Um, becomes that you're you're in that highly leveraged environment. Um, if the market does obviously go down, you want to make sure you have the timeline behind you to be able to wait uh, for for a market, maybe a market correction or a time for when when things aren't um, aren't aren't going in a negative direction. Now, do I think they're going to go in a negative direction in London? I, I don't think so. I mean, I think it, it, there may be some inventory uh, coming on the market, of course, as we get into the spring. I think that there's a lot of outside money coming into to London right now. And if we compare to other cities, and again, this is just my opinion. I, I'm not an economist by any means. Um, if you look at the money coming in from the GTA, if you look at uh, prices in, in the GTA versus London, I mean, we have a heck of a long way to go before we get to prices that we are seeing in a place like Toronto, uh, which is only two hours up the highway. Or even if you look outside of that, places like Ottawa, which is a bigger city of course um, and, and even some of the areas um, around London which are seeing some some pretty massive price jumps as well so I think again when you're looking at buying real estate uh, you shouldn't just be looking to someone to say I have a crystal ball I know exactly where this is going because it never really works out that way what I would be saying is make sure that you have some room in your budget that if things do go uh, not the way that you'd, you'd like them to go in a short term that you have time to either hold on to the house for a little bit longer. Uh, or of course, uh, you could consider, you know, renting it out or something like that if, if you absolutely had to. So the the questions that I'm getting right now on the market are how the heck do I buy a house? Um, when the over asking is so high, like on that one property that sold for 550,000 over asking price. And I think that there's some strategies that we can use if you choose that you still want to proceed after looking at your personal financial situation and looking at the market yourself. And the way that most of my clients have been able to win in these multiple offer situations is in, in a few ways. One is you have to clear those conditions up either prior to making making the sale um, or making it sorry making an offer on a property, or you need to make sure they're included in in your offer. Now, in a multiple offer situation, you don't really have time to include them in the offer, and it, it sounds scary for a lot of people. You do need to understand the risks of these things, but if you're competing against 20 other offers, the chance of another offer being firm is is quite high. Now, again, I'll never tell someone to take out a condition of an offer without have having cleared it with their financial, you know, their, their broker in advance, or, or maybe actually had a, a home inspector walk through the property in advance. Those are types of strategies that we can use though. So then when you do come in on offer day, you're coming in with an offer that's very strong. So when I would maybe avoid this, and again, I don't know all, even my own clients, all of their exact uh, financial situations, I just make sure that they're aware that they could be in a spot where they could run into some issues. Um, the other one that is becoming a a very, uh, something to very much consider right now is that with properties going up to the degree that they are, it's really hard to find comparable properties. So if you're using a strategy of, of going in, you might be able to clear some of those conditions, but 
then what price are you even going to offer on that on that property? And if a house is selling for 150,000 over asking price, my suggestion and what I've been doing for my clients right now, and I'm happy to help anyone with this that uh, isn't already working with an agent that's helping them. What I have been doing is I've been giving my clients all the sales data. So if they're looking at a semi-detached property in a certain area in London, I might just send them all of the semi-detached, even outside of that area a little bit, just so they get an idea that if you're listing a, a semi at 399000 or even 299000 and you go in with an offer at asking price and there's 25 offers, you're probably not going to get the property. That might be okay with you. But what I am saying is that if, if you're competing that much and you're not looking at that sales data, I think you're really, you're, you're really maybe missing the boat a little bit on this. So my suggestion would be to look all that sales data and don't just look at listing prices. I still have people every day and it's totally okay. I'm happy to help them, but it, it, they're coming in saying, well, can I, can I get a discount on this price? Is, can we, if it's 300,000, can we go to 270? And it's been on the market for one day. I mean, the chance of that happening is pretty much nil. Uh, I have really never really seen that happen on that short period of time on the market in the current market that we're in, which is certainly a seller's market. So don't come into the game without being you know, educated and just asking those questions first. Um, not saying that I'm the ultimate expert on real estate. I'm certainly not. I always ask uh, other other uh, other folks that are investors. I ask, you know, my real estate lawyer. I ask mortgage brokers. I'm I'm always asking everyone. I think that those are the the questions that you want to be going into these multiple offer situations like. So. One of the things you should do is really look at that sales data, take a look at it, and again, happy to send it to you in a specific area. So if if a semi-detached, for example, is listed at 299 in another area of town and it sells for 450, well, you know, maybe we want to be looking at those numbers to be able to come up with an actual number that might make sense on a semi-detached three-bedroom that's selling in London over the last 60 days, and then use that as our as our kind of uh, focus forward. Um, it is difficult. I've noticed a big shift since even since we've been in 2021. There's a bit of a shift even upwards from from 2020. Uh, will it continue to happen? I I still I don't think it's going to plummet like uh, there are some folks that, that think this, but I think that there, and again, just my opinion, I, I certainly think, though, that there could be some more inventory that comes in the market, and it at least will give you some more options. W will you be competing? Maybe. I mean, if they list... If we all decide as a real estate agents, we're all going to list our properties in in March, or our clients are okay with that, then we're going to get in a situation where we are going to have maybe some more choice in the market. Uh, right now, the lack of inventory is is really driving those prices up and making it very difficult for for buyers, especially first time buyers that might not be at that budget where they can pull pull from another house and sell sell a house in the current market either. Um, so that's a bit of a, a market update for you today. I hope that that was helpful to you. Again, if you have specific questions on a specific neighborhood in, in London, St. Thomas or area, just let me know and I'll be happy to, uh, to help you out with that. Um, again, just my opinion today. I, I know it's uh, it's been a very tough market for, for a lot of buyers right now. And I, I know on the other side, the sellers are, uh, are, are having 
having fun with it as long as they don't need to maybe buy another property and then of course they're they're in the same uh some somewhat of a similar situation uh wishing you all the best uh this is the london ontario real estate podcast my name is phil bailey and i look forward to chatting with you all very soon have a great day